welcome to today's podcast. The title today is A Week in the Life of a Cleaning Business Owner. I'm Louise and this is Diane and we're going to be talking about the last week where we have faced heat waves. Uh, we're not going to talk politics, are we, Diane? We're staying off that. Um, but what goes on in the week of a business owner? And we're, we're hopefully going to get a little bit personal. We're going to hear about, not too personal, what Diane's week's been like. I might drop a few of mine in too. Um, but we started the week with the hottest day on record ever in the UK. Um, was that this week or the last week? Wasn't it, was, it? it was the beginning of last week, wasn't it? So, yeah, just over a week ago. How did that go for you? Yeah, well, we made the decision the Friday before to actually close for two days, just let the team take holiday and we just let all our clients know. And yeah, we just we'd never seen a red alert and that's what it was in our area. So we just decided to take two days holiday. My my, my manager caught up on a lot of admin, I think. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> I'm really guilty confessing this. So we're closing on Monday anyway because we yes. realised that you get um, a lot of sickness happens on a Monday. So we crammed all the week's work into four days. So we're always closing on Monday. So they all have Monday before off anyway. You, before you carry on, I have to say I absolutely love that Tuesday to Friday. If you're starting a cleaning business, Tuesday to Friday is the way forward. Have to say it's brilliant. No bank holidays next week. Is it next week's bank holiday? No bank holidays, right? So anyway, Tuesday hottest day on record. I hid. I didn't go into the office because I couldn't finish the story. <laughs> but you know what? I did go in on Wednesday and none of them whinged. Um, they said it wasn't as bad. So um, what we did was we um, cancelled as many as possible, moved as many as possible. I think they all finished by one o'clock. Um, we, I froze. We've got a big chest freezer. So we bought a pallet of the water bottles from Costco. I froze all the bottles, bought them all in. Um, in all honesty, they were fine. A lot of these houses, the customers have kept all the windows and um, blinds closed. So um, it was hot. Oh, and we relaxed all uniform rules. So the, the rules were, the rules in my company are you can wear any top as long as it's black. And I don't want to see any cleavage or any um, midriff. So most of them have got kids went, I'm not sure my midriff and cleavage anyway. Um, so they basically wore not much and uh, got a bottle of ice got on with it <laughs> you're so kind <laughs> to be fair we, we have those kind of rules all summer though you know we, we do relax the uniform rules a little bit we they, our team have tunic tops but there's they zip so they can actually wear them as a little jacket over a t-shirt if they want to and take it off when they get into a client's house but like you no strappy tops no danger of anything falling out <laughs> no cleavage <laughs> yeah. um, and um, so we only implement those rules. So we have an over 30 degree rule. So we no no uniform gets relaxed until we hit over 30 degrees. Yeah, no, that's that's good. I think it's, it's important to have those boundaries, isn't it? And, you know, and it was interesting because on the Monday when obviously you're normally closed on a Monday anyway, but on the Monday, it wasn't as hot as it had been predicted. And I was like, oh, you know, have I made a mistake here. But on Tuesday, it was ridiculous. It was 40 degrees here. Um, it was just, yeah, it was just too hot. So I was really glad I made the decision. And actually, in terms of team morale, it was really good. You know, I had a few messages from them. To, oh, thank you so much for thinking of us. Um, interestingly, and I'll come to this, somebody did then actually call in sick on the Wednesday because they had heat stroke and I was not impressed. <laughs> That's not good. Do you know that had happened the previous week to us? Um, somebody came in on Tuesday with heat stroke and was like, oh, I wouldn't have been able to come in yesterday. And it's like, it's self-inflicted. Are we really meant to have sympathy for you? But um, yeah, it'd been really hot on the Sunday. So thank goodness we weren't open Monday. Anyway, that was the beginning of the week. 
What yeah. happened from there? What else happened last week? Well, just kind of the usual, really. Um, so I did. I had I had a really nice um, coffee and cake with my my manager while we were trying to plan for her to have a holiday and me not to have to cover everything. Um, and you know it's great having somebody in place, but when she has a holiday, it it does cause a lot of work. So we had a catch up about that, and then within hours. Um, all our plans had gone awry because one of our team members handed their notice in and she was the one that was going to do most of the cover. So best laid plans and all that. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, so we had we were having to, I'd recruited, um, so we can have three people off on any day, um, holiday. During the summer holidays, we have a maximum of three people off and I'd recruited three students to cover for the summer. And I trained them all up before the summer holiday started. And I was super excited. I'm like, yes, everyone's covered. I'm having the summer holidays off. This is going to be amazing. And then two didn't come in. One, I mean, do they have COVID really? Uh, and then one had magically booked holiday, but not told us. And um, so it basically they were- surprise holidays that, that staff often get, was it? <laughs> surprise nobody told me that I had to have a holiday uh, in the next week's time to uh, a country where you definitely need vaccinations right? <laughs> and you go but you must have known about this or you can't fly into that country whatever <laughs> anyway no one buys me surprise holidays with two no, days notice I've yet to have a surprise holiday <laughs> no none, none of my friends partners or parents have ever bought them surprise holidays almost feels like it's not a complete truth <laughs> anyway anyway no to be fair to her it wasn't anyway whatever she wanted to quit was the conclusion so my two summer cast off so last week I was having a recruitment crisis going oh my goodness and um, so I spent about three days recruiting and then this week the knock-on has been I've spent my training manager is off so I've spent five days training so uh no, so well, we've had we've had a meeting haven't we where you've been nipping out to check on a new startup during the meeting and then coming back on you on zoom so yeah so I'm cha- giving instructions on how to change a bed while conducting a group meeting it's great fun yeah. So what else has happened this week? Well, we had to issue an improvement notice to a team member um, around unplanned absences. Tell us about that, because a lot of people don't aren't used to this. A lot of cleaning business owners don't have the formality that maybe you and I have. What's an improvement notice? Well, it's probably one of my favourite tools, if you like, for improving behaviour. Favourite? Oh, it's, it's probably one of my, yeah, it's one of my favourite used tools, shall we say. If we have to have a problem, it's a really good way of, stopping it from happening again because it makes very clear what our expectations are so um the team member has had a lot of unplanned absences in fact i don't think she's actually worked in july (laughs) or a full week Um, and and so it was basically a case of if she comes in on monday this is what she will get and we just set out our expectations as to what the next six months will look like if she's going to remain employed it's as simple as that and actually she was she was loved she was she was she was actually expecting something. She was probably expecting to not have a job anymore. So actually, I think she was almost relieved that she now knows that's it. The line's been drawn. Do you know, it's actually really powerful. So I don't particularly use what we'd call improvement notice, but we have something along very similar lines. Um, but actually, what the staff know before these come and they have that insecurity. And when it actually happens and we're not angry, we're not cross, it is, look, this is the impact. This is what we need you to do about it. The relief, they can then openly talk about it. It's really positively powerful, isn't it? Um, and it also means the rest of the staff are fully aware of what's going on. And if you don't step up and do something about it, 
you're just going to multiply that problem. Absolutely. And we use ours is stats based. And I know you use the Bradford factor, don't you? We just use basically the national average for unplanned absences and compare it to what hers is. And there's such a disparity that it's like we need you to get back to the national average. Otherwise, um, we'll have to part ways. So tell, can you talk about the Bradford factor? How, what, what is that? Oh my gosh, I haven't trained it since COVID. Okay, so the Bradford factor. Yeah, I can. I actually I spend a lot. You don't of need to. You don't. <laughs> I can. I love talking about the Bradford factor. So, what the Bradford factor is? It measures the impact of the absence on the business. So, um, there is a calculation, an equation, and what is it? It's number of absences squared multiplied by the total number of days off. Now, what it actually measures, so say, for example, Diane, you are one of my employees and you unfortunately break your leg and take two weeks off. Okay, so that is a total in my business. That's only eight days. Um, That's a total of eight days off. Now, the impact of you breaking your leg is going to be a nightmare on day one. And I'm going to have to rearrange everything by day eight. It's not that I don't care about you, but you are having zero impact because we've known for two weeks you're going to be off. So day one is really the day where you cause me no end of problems. Um, But beyond that, you're not a massive problem to the business. Now, if we look at, unfortunately, Diane, you developed a little bit of a drinking habit <laughs> or a came to light, should we say. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, we won't talk about that. Um, anyway. To be honest, it's tea. So we, as you know, we don't work Monday. So you take every Tuesday off, which means that every single Tuesday you call in sick. Now, on the first Tuesday, you caused me a nightmare because I didn't know. And you caused a nightmare. On the second Tuesday, you caused me a nightmare because I didn't know. On the third Tuesday, you caused me a nightmare. Well, that's what's going to happen by fourth Tuesday. We're not even going to get to eight Tuesdays. But if you look at the impact of you having eight days off with a broken leg and the days of you having eight consecutive Tuesdays or whichever day it is off, it has a massive impact. So the Bradford factor is particularly good because it measures the impact of your time off, not just the total time off. So when you measure the average, well, obviously if someone breaks their leg, come on, is it really that harsh? Whereas, um, Whereas actually when we look over a three month period, if you took eight individual days off, then your score is going to be significantly higher. I think the score of eight consecutive days off, I think is about eight. The score of eight individual days off is something like 600. And the cutoff point for us is 32. So you only have to take three individual days off in a three month period before we're going, look at this, come on. Um, and and because they know they're measured like that, um, you can cl- like look at it quite quickly and it's hard because we know the people as business owners we know the people we know the reasons you want to believe it's real but when you are measuring what impact this sickness real or not is having on the business you hit a point where you go it's unsustainable I really like that because you're right it's not the you know we, we had a team member off for a couple of weeks with a bad back but we knew she was off for two weeks so it wasn't every day causing chaos no. whereas actually somebody that you think's coming in and then it's 10 o'clock and they've not arrived that's the worst kind of absence. Yeah. Have I just converted you to the Bradford factor, Diane? You might have. I'm going to Google. <laughs> have you not? 
to you for three yeah, years about this. We measure the absence as a percentage and we just measure it against the national average. We allow double the national average because of the industry that we're in. So we allow 4%, whereas the national average is about 1.9%. Um, and if it gets over 4%, then it flags up. So we do measure it, but it's a different way. So it's an interesting way of looking at it, the impact on the business. And also, I think I had a conversation with somebody recently about this where they had a team member that was like, just like that, every every week there was a one or two days. And it was sort of like the time that is spent rescheduling, calling clients, covering cleans actually completely negated any profit that team member was making for the business in the two days they did actually turn up for work. And that's what we're measuring. That's what we're really measuring because, and it's not fair to treat someone that has had four days off with a genuine problem as the same as someone that's had four days. And you know, whether it's real or not, it it becomes irrelevant. Yeah, no, I really like it. I'm definitely going to look that up. I can't believe you haven't looked it up so far. I can't (laughs) believe it, Diane. Anyway. I probably have, but then just ignored it and carried on doing it the same way. I feel unlistened to, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so sorry, you did a, a, a improvement notice. So I've got to say, we don't call them improvement notices. Okay. Um, and we wouldn't do it the same way as you either. So it sounds like you waited for them to come in and then delivered the improvement notice. We don't do that. So we would, if someone, say it was absence and they've got too high for any reason, whether we did it Bradford Factor or the other way, we would send them an invite to a specific meeting. So if we knew they were going to be in on, say, Tuesday morning, they'd get an emailed invite or we'd phone them or whatever, how we'd get in contact and we'd say, look, we want to do a meeting on Tuesday. And we wouldn't necessarily plan them in for the rest of the day, although we probably would. If we knew it wasn't going to result in anything bad, we probably would. Um, and then, But they'd get a formal invite. Um, so we'd go straight down what you'd call the formal disciplinary route. So it's an invite. This is what we're going to talk about. So they don't walk in. They're not ambushed. They know what's going to happen. Um, and if I'm honest, 50% of the time, the staff turn up with their uniform in a bag and go, I thought you were going to sack me. We're like, we're not going to sack you. Um, but yeah, we wouldn't just say, hi, we're going to have a chat and this is your notice they get told long in advance and yeah you know it's because it's not a disciplinary meeting as such it's just a here's our expectation it's sort of slightly different isn't it Um, and they always do a back to work form and that sort of thing as well do you not think every meeting's a disciplinary meeting (laughs) (laughs) every meeting's recorded you're giving a written notice of improvement there's no difference between your written notice of improvement and my verbal warning in this particular instance it was more a case of if she if she actually comes back, it was one of those situations where it was like, you know, <laughs> we wanted her to come back so that we could, you know, deal with it. But we had no we had no certainty, shall we say, that she was actually going to come back. So we were actually quite pleased that she did come back and that we were able to deal with it. I mean, on the positive side, we had two other team members who um, have condensed their days in the summer holidays. And both of them were like, oh, it's so lovely to work for a company where we could be a bit flexible. Um, and we're happy to do that. No, they just work longer, longer days, but shorter week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we try and do that, but I think by the time you've worked a good five, some of them do six hours. It, gosh, it hurts. Yeah. Well, our team normally, um, the ones that have got children are only normally doing four hours a day. So they can kind of go up to five or six hours, but over three days instead of over four days usually. So that can work quite well. 
Oh, okay. So most of ours are clocking up. You know, it's quite normal to clock up 24 hours over four days. Gosh, there's a reason they have three-day weekends. (laughs) Yeah, no, hours will only normally work sort of four. four. It depends. If they haven't got young children, then they will work five or six hours a day. But if they've got young children, they're normally only doing four to five maximum a day. Um, You know, when when I... When I hear about self-employed people doing eight-hour days, I've got to say, I've done it. I've definitely done it. It hurts, though. It hurts. Like, I did a month of it, and you're just broken, and you can't grow your business. There's no chance. Yeah, it's so hard. And, and, you know, a lot of, you know, self-employed solo cleaners, they are working so hard physically, it's then hard to kind of do any of the admin around it because they're just working so hard physically. And, yeah, it's just tough. Funnily enough, at the, the weekend weekend before last, I was at um, South Coast um, meetup for the, with the DCBN and we were talking and I was talking about um, one of my first ever cleans in the business. And I think I worked for about 50p an hour because it was just one of those um, where I wrote my mum in to help me because I'd completely underquoted. And, and, you know, and, but that's the not not the underquoting, but that physical. Like I did like a 10 hour clean. And and that's not unusual, I don't think, for people that are going out and it's, you know, yeah, I don't know how they do it. Superhuman. So do you know what I find quite interesting? When I was doing that, I could go out and rock out a half marathon with no other training. (laughs) Like literally just cleaning. You are doing half marathon training. Or like I was climbing, for anyone that likes climbing, you know, you're pushing up to your six Bs, six C just on the physicality of doing this. That meant nothing to you, did it, Diane? Yeah. So how you because you talked about recruitment. So how are you finding recruitment at the moment? So if I if I share what's happened with us this week, so we had two new starters this week. Fantastic. Um, and because we, we I took my team out to lunch on Saturday, I thought I'll invite the new starters, you know, so that they kind of know that they're joining a nice company, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And one of them replied and said, Oh, you know, I can't make it. Um, and, and that was fine. And the other one was going to Glasgow for the weekend. So neither of them could make it, but the one one of them then texted my manager to say that she was no longer taking the job. So I don't know whether me inviting her to lunch made her feel guilty that she was actually not going to show up and therefore she did actually let us know. I don't know. So technically we had one no show and one new starter this week. So I'm finding recruitment really interesting. So classically, we work nine to three. It works perfectly around mums with school children or dads or whatever, um, but we're around the school children. I've got to say of my last probably five or six recruits, they haven't had children or they've had older children at high school. So it's had less of an impact on the hours. So I'm finding that, um, you know, I'll, I'll recruit the best people for the job, whatever their situation. So that's been a little um, unusual. Um, so we're finding people working more hours. The other thing, um, so my training manager's been off. So I've been doing all the training. Um, and what I'm looking at at the moment is our training manager would be with them for a week. And after that week, we would probably have only about 50% would last the month. And we would lose people in that week. And what I'm finding since I've come back in is we would take people on if they were the right kind of person. They wanted to do the job. They were available to do the job. There really wasn't a lot of quality control. And since I've been doing the training, I can realize within a day or two that these people are not going to work out. And what I've realized is if they're not loving the job and if they're not, why waste my time for entire five days? And then whoever they go with, that they're demotivated and don't want to go with. And I'm sort of looking at it at the moment going, Mm, we could weed people out a lot earlier because training is expensive. They cost me money. 
So is that you kind of tweaking your training process, you think? I don't know so much if it's tweaking the training process because I think our training process is pretty supportive. But some people fundamentally don't like the job. Like, you know, to kind of university student, you know, a biomedical, okay, I probably shouldn't have taken, I mean, lovely girl, local, only doing it for the summer. And it became pretty apparent pretty quickly that she was not satisfied doing the job. Yet I slogged out five days of training and I was like, why? Why if she's going to quit anyway? I could, I knew if I, if I look back, I knew that after about two days, I could have said pretty confidently, this is not the right job for her. So I haven't come up with a conclusion as to what I'm going to do about this yet, but like why go through the heartache of someone quitting later on if I can weed it out sooner? And I can't weed it out in the interview process because you just don't know that people need to do the job for a day or two. So I'm wondering if actually there is a way of after sort of two days actually doing a big review and going, hmm, let's stop it at this stage. Yeah, catch it early rather than thinking, oh, they might improve by the end of the week or they might decide they like it by the end of the week you get and I suppose you're giving them an option to just go actually it's not for me as well aren't you but what's really hard about this when we look into it if it's me it's fine I'll make that decision because but the problem is this person might want the job they might be depending on the money there is a there's a personal impact if we terminate there and then it's horrible they might have quit their last job to come here now if it's me uh, you know I'm a bit ruthless. I've done it long enough. I know it's not going to work out anyway, so I don't feel bad. But if you put your training manager in that, your training manager generally, my training managers are lovely. They are lovely people. And they are making a decision on someone that after two days, they've got to know pretty well who wants the job. They know their personal situation. So how do you then put that responsibility onto a member of staff to say, you you might not have to be the one that sacks them. We'll do that. But you are making that call. And it's a really difficult one to go, how do I build this into the business? Mm, yeah, that's going to be a, a nice challenge. Funnily enough, um, there was a conversation in, in a couple of the groups. I think one of our posts that went out was about, you know, are you still, you know, are you a cleaner in your business still? Do you want to stay on the tools, etc.? And quite a lot of people were like, yeah, I need to kind of understand the cleaning still so that my team will understand what's expected of them. And is there an element in your business where you kind of need to not necessarily be out doing the cleaning, but actually to understand all the bits of the business still so you can keep tweaking and fixing things? Yes, no. I think if you've got a solid team, they feed it back to you. Um, Do you need to be out and about cleaning? I don't know. Yes and no. I think when it hits the certain size, like I have been out, I haven't actually been cleaning, I've been training. So I've been with them. I've been out in the houses and I've done bits here and there. And you see the customers, but in all honesty, the customers don't know me. They don't care about me. I maybe saw them a year ago, two years ago, like I bumped into one. I was like, I haven't seen you since pre-COVID. Oh, your kitchen looks nice. Like, it's a brand new kitchen. Do I need to be out and about cleaning? No, but if you're not, then you need to have a quality manager and a training manager and you need to have people that are reporting into you. But it is hard if you then have to make these horrible decisions like sacking somebody and you really don't have enough evidence. And then how do you get that evidence? Because then you've either got a spy getting the evidence for you or you've got to get it yourself. And it's like, you know, what do I do? Do you wait for the customer complaints to come in so you've got the evidence to sack someone? Or do you have to catch that someone is not delivering up to quality? And it's really hard. Yeah, you need those good good people and systems in place to check that, don't you? And maybe there's a mindset here around 
you know, I have to be able to do the job in order to have other people do the job for me, you know, right or wrong, you know. Um, it, I mean, it's certainly easier to quote if you've been out and done cleaning, even at, even if you don't do it anymore. It's certainly a lot easier to quote, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I trained someone to do our quoting, so I, they could confidently quote. The difference is that when you come up, when you hit an objection or when somebody pushes you slightly, if you've been out on the tools, then you can understand what the consequence of that. And what I found is when I've trained salespeople, they can win the jobs and the staff hate it because they've agreed to things that the staff are going, I can't deliver this. So can you the train it? Because yes. expectations is easier if you absolutely know that you could clean this house in X time, but if they want that amount of time, there's just no way you can get it all done. So, Yeah, so we've had this this week. Um, I went to a job stairs, I've been out and about, and uh, I got given, we have an, a sheet of notes, some people have it on the made or whatever, but I got all the notes, and on it, it said, this job needs requoting. they've moved house. And I was like, oh, didn't tell me then, I'm the one that does all the requotes. don't worry. So I rock up to this house, luckily the customer's in. It's a three-bedroom house, we had two hours, and I was like, uh, what, what what are we doing here? She's like, well, you don't need to do the spare room, um, but we do everything. You do everything else. I went, how long have you been here? She's like, since October. I was like, July. How have we not requoted in this long? So uh, tell the girls to get on with it. They're new, but I've been watching them for three days. They're good. Um, they've done it for eight years in previous places, so I know they're good. Anyway, uh, I phoned the office and I was like, what is going on here? Why have they been in since October? And we've not got a suitable quote for them. And they were like, well, they might have been in since October, but we've only cleaned for them three times. I was like, OK, that makes sense. No one was going to tell me you want a requote. Apparently, I hadn't got round to telling me, but whatever. Um, anyway, so I went back in and the clean was terrible I was like the shower screen still had marks on it the bath hadn't been dry the sh I looked inside the microwave the microwave hadn't been done there were marks on the hob. I was like this is terrible and these are stuff that were brilliant up until this clean fourth clean of the day it was brilliant there was no reason it'd be any worse so I took one aside in the bathroom and I said what's happened and she was like it's impossible to have a dog hairs everywhere I like what you're expecting in two hours is impossible so I stayed and I helped them we got it to an adequate standard um, and I got back in contact with the office and I said look you're gonna have to change this there's no way it can be done in two hours can you please contact them and say it needs to go up and um, they said well we've already told them it's already been fed back from the staff we've told them and they've said oh get the kitchen and bathroom done properly and uh, just do what you can with the rest so <laughs> what's been happening is that the staff have been trying to do it obviously failing there's bits missed all over the place it's just an impossible clean an extended three-bedroom house is impossible to do in two hours if they've got dogs and god knows what else um so it takes someone who knows what they're doing so the first thing i did is okay if you aren't going to change from the two hours i'm going straight back to that contract that's now going to be written properly and i'm crossing out all the bedrooms and uh, i will wait for the complaint to come in that none of their bedrooms got done so next week and I look forward to them putting me on it and I will happily tell them why the bedrooms were not done but the consequence is they can either up our time or they can choose what we're missing because what I'm not going to have is our staff missing bits all over and looking like they're doing a bad job but not only that allowing my staff to deliver a poor quality job and allowing them to become stressed out by that it's just a terrible situation for us all to be in and it's that thing of you know do you want less rooms done or what because you can't do all the rooms badly it's better to do a few rooms really well and miss some out that's that's always how we try and do things oh, yeah. too 
horrible it's way too stressful and when the only rooms are a bathroom and open plan kitchen so i've crossed off the others but when you say does the person need to know no i don't think you need to know how to clean i think you so we've we're putting a new manager in and the first step is you will spend at least two or three weeks out there cleaning before you even try and manage anything because until you understand it you've got to understand the job really haven't you so how many quotes have you had to do this week? Is it still busy on the inquiry front? How many have I had to do? I've done, I've I've actually only done one quote. Uh, I have ignored, oh, I feel awful. So I have ignored, when somebody inquires, um, we send them a link to our waiting list, lovely email link to the waiting list. But they inquire on WhatsApp and Messenger and like, mess, like, the text message me and email. So if it comes in on email, someone else, the, the um, a lovely uh, Katie does sends it out um but when they message me I've got to say I've been lazy I've probably ignored 15 inquiries <laughs> and I closed my diaries they can't book in so I've only done one and um yeah we've not, had a that's, lot that's not unusual though is it I don't think and you know we're talking about sort of people out cleaning all day it must be it's, it just can't be bothered following up in the evening it's just too tiring isn't it how can I go out and deliver a quote like if I took on, if I, in, like, we've had, well, we had about 30 inquiries this week, probably. And I mean, even if all 30, I did the quote, if I did all 30, our waiting lists, they, they wouldn't get booked into the end of the summer holidays. They'd I'd lose half the jobs. What is the point? Um, and on top of that, what kind of pressure would it put on me recruiting? So what we tend to do is I will focus on recruiting. We know the jobs will come in. Yeah. So. I mean, at the moment, that we can be very sure of that, can't we? We've actually um, taken on a, a returning client this week. Um, we reduced um, the number of sort of, well, we actually increased our minimum hours um, uh, about six to eight months ago. And um, so this client was kind of one of the ones that they were they were having two hours fortnightly, and we just weren't doing those anymore. So they've come back at sort of more hours fortnightly but only because we've had a client that's retiring and therefore can't justify a cleaner anymore um, so we just basically want one client um out and one client in although the client that's retiring has said i might give you a call if i can't keep on top of it <laughs> so we'll see at which point you go good luck with that one like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah yeah so i'm not i'm not doing quotes really at the moment if we have a slot i will literally pick the top one off the waiting list i'll do one quote fill up that slot and that's that uh, so Same never had such a long waiting list in all the years of running this business yeah and it's so funny now with quotes I don't know if you're how many have you done this week Diane I should ask and we've put we I haven't done any but we've put five clients on our waiting list this week but you don't quote for them do you not properly no so we just take the inquiry we have a quick chat we give them a rough idea and then we just say you'll have to go on the waiting list and we'll call you when we've got some space Oh, yeah. So I'm talking quote, you know, the 20 minute chat. Let's go around your house. Let's do all of that. No. So um, uh, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, yeah, not a lot of quoting going on. I don't intend to for the summer holidays. Look, summer holidays is hard and you're seeing it in all the groups at the moment. It's instability. Everyone's on holiday. Staff are on holiday. Customers are on holiday. And I guess... It's hard when you're running a business, when you depend on the income, that you know you're almost taking a hit and Christmas is even harder. Um, yeah. and December I guess we're is, at- is the worst month of the year for profitability because although it's really busy, it's only busy for three weeks, isn't it? And then that's it. It's holiday after that. Yeah. And we, especially if your staff are employed, we have to stump up. I say stump up. Obviously, it's taken. It's earned through the year, so you don't really stump it up. But so you just get that. It's busy. I mean, 
The only good thing I would say about Christmas and again with summer holidays is because we know we're closed for a week and lots of staff want more money um, they will all work for the two weeks previously they all will work an extra day and we open Mondays or and they will work extra hours so we're not hit quite as hard. Yeah, no, it's a good way of doing it. We some we we sometimes do Saturday cleans leading up to Christmas and that sort of thing to fit a few extra ones in um, because then, yeah, we know they've all got at least a week off. But I think summer holidays, and we're seeing this everywhere, everyone's saying it's so unstable. It's so unstable. What can I do to deal with the fact that people haven't got childcare sorted on both sides? It's customers and staff and yeah. us. Like, I've got the same problem. <laughs> Don't, you haven't quite got the same problem, but childcare... You know, my children sometimes like I'm planning to take time off. And if something happens in the business, I'm going, can you just sit next to my lovely admin lady for an hour? Because I've got to deal with something. Well, you did a, a really lovely masterclass, didn't you, on working around your family? And, and it's it's hard for us as business owners. I mean, my children are grown up, so I don't have that challenge. But as business owners working around our family and then our staff are working around their family. And then, like you say, sometimes customers have got their children <laughs> off school as well. It's just yeah, it's, it's just a perfect storm sometimes, isn't it? The only bonus, I suppose, is if you can't cover cleans, often you've got clients cancelling because they're on holiday as well. So, Oh, they don't now. Have you not found they're not cancelling this year? We've not had as many, but we always we almost we, we actually send something out a couple of weeks we before do. to kind of almost encourage those cancellations. If you don't really need your slot, please tell us now. <laughs> do, do you know what we've taken on as well? And we've suggested this. There's quite a few teachers we seem to clean for, and they're like, Wow, you know, can you do term time only? I'm like, yes, yes we, can. we can. Give me a term time only. And they're going, lots of businesses won't do term time only. I'm like, I will. I totally will. So, um, and or especially if they've got bigger houses, they go to their second home all summer. Yeah. I will take those on. Cancel me. Cancel me. Like, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's COVID, we had a lot of those clients and we've still got them as clients, but they haven't been away as much. So this year we are seeing a few more again where it's, oh, we're away for the whole of August. And we're like, yes, great. <laughs> because so are we you know it's we've got staff off so it, it eases the scheduling and it is so I don't know if you're finding this so when you've got some unplanned sickness of staff what happens is we juggle the schedule so that those that are in will work half an hour more so they each work that little bit more so they don't necessarily notice it but they are all working you know mine's nine till three some of them are doing eight thirty till three thirty they're all working solid days yeah. if on one day we say to them right you can finish at two Oh, they're so happy. They're so happy. So why would I do quotes to book in that slot? How about the staff finish a bit earlier? And I think sometimes it's good in your schedule to have that space, isn't it? You don't need to, you know, I know in the early days, I always wanted the schedule to be full. And, and you know, even, even more recently, I've sometimes had not arguments, but disagreements with my manager where I'm like, why are the gaps? Why are the gaps? But actually, you need them because they take the pressure off you. They take the pressure off everybody, don't they? And then you can just go, well, actually, you've got an early finish on Friday. Great. Yeah. Everybody wants but an early finish on a Friday. Only if you've got the planning sorted so that it's a one-off. So what we find is we've got like one day a month. So I don't know how many hours we do a day. I think like 100 hours a day. Um, and one day, that's way more than that, actually. It's like significantly more. 100 is nothing, is it? Um, anyway, right. So um, one day, I know we're 17 hours short in a month. The way the rotor falls, I think there's one Wednesday where we're 17 hours short of a full rotor. And um, we could fill it in, but it's... It, with one day it doesn't matter um no. do you not find it gets filled anyway so maybe somebody's off sick on the tuesday you move their client to wednesday that week does it not find that it fills up yeah 
Yeah, Wednesday's a hard day though because the biggest problems happen on Thursdays and Fridays. So you it, only if you know that that problem is going to happen on Thursday, which quite often we do, then we can shift them earlier to a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but generally, we don't have predictable problems, or we've solved them already. So. Yeah, so then, what's, the, what's the worst thing that's happened this week in the business? Uh, I don't think it's been a particularly bad week, actually. Let's have a think. Um, uh, well, I heard I have had a few chats with the staff today. Uh, we, oh, one, one thing. So we book holidays. You have to fill in a holiday form and it itemizes every day. So you have to put off, if you're on the, off on the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, you have to write 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th. And one girl booked Monday to Monday, right? So she booked off Monday and the following Monday. Now we don't work Mondays, right? So she effectively booked off days we didn't have. What she meant to do was book off the entire week, Monday to Monday. But because she filled in the form wrong, she it went in... See, so we were like, we had a member of staff off the entire week. And what can you say? She's booked the holiday. She's tried to book the holiday. She's gone holiday anyway, so can't get her in anyway. And you go, well, I can't really do a disciplinary because the girl has tried. But um, Is that a well, system change to not allow that to happen again? Or Well, I sat down and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't read the form properly. <laughs> okay, clearly says, doesn't it? I'm not sure it's a system change so much as a... She actually, it was actually flagged up and she actually got text the week before to say, we don't work Mondays. You've booked off two Mondays. She didn't reply to the text. Yeah, I suppose my, our, our worst thing this week is one of our team is leaving. She's been with us just under six years. Um, yeah, she's leaving the industry. So yeah, it's sad. But actually, because we were having lunch on Saturday with some of the team, it was quite nice because we got to kind of, you know, she's not leaving until next week, but we got to give her some flowers and, and you know, some vouchers as, a, as presents and stuff. So it was quite nice from that point of view, but still quite sad. And you know what, this is something I'm seeing a lot in the groups, actually, that people are leaving the industry. So particularly, I think what I'm seeing is people with less than five staff are getting hit quite hard by if you've only got two or three staff and two or three quit. Gosh, I'm seeing some pain out there right now. Yeah, it causes a big challenge, doesn't it? And I think, I, you know, and we're, we're going to, I think we're going to do a, um, a session about this, aren't we? In the different stages of a cleaning business. And I remember at sort of five star from then onwards, it started to get easier in some ways. It had its more challenges, but in terms of scheduling, it started to get easier because you you weren't so dependent on so few people. Um, but yeah. It's still yeah. not my no matter how many people you've got, it's still sad, really. But she might I'm you know, not, say, I might not like it, I might come back. So we'll see. <laughs> and they do come back, but I think um, you know, I'm not supposed to be talking about politics and economics, but the reality is it's hard across the whole country. We are facing a it's not a recruitment crisis so much as we've got the lowest levels of unemployment. Um and it is really hard in an industry such as ours, where really, you know, not a lot of people aspire. It's often seen as a stepping stone to other things they want to. Um, it can be quite a transient industry at times. And so it's trying to get as much stability as possible. So for me, again, I like a certain demographic because they tend to be more stable. Whereas I know that people that have got holiday lets and things, you know, you actually want people that want the short term roles because actually you want them over summer. So um, it's a brilliant industry because it actually can cover every person, every person's situation. Um, but it, it can be hard because it's us giving the flexibility all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's nice to give that flexibility, though. And, and I suppose that's one thing the business can give 
to its staff and to us as cleaning business owners is, is some flexibility, even though it might not feel like that when you're rescheduling on a Monday morning or a Thursday afternoon or a Wednesday evening. <laughs> but, but I think this is something that's quite different about potentially you and I. I actually don't offer that flexibility. So I know a lot of people that will take on people that will want to work one day a week or two days a week and they'll be brilliant cleaners. We would actually not have them work in our company because if someone cannot commit to four days a week, I don't, we won't have them in the company. And it breaks my heart sometimes because somebody goes, look, I'm part-time at uni, a mature student would be perfect, lots of experience. And they're going, but I'm only available two days. And I'm going, I'm not giving you the job. I'm really sorry. I can recommend because there are actually some brilliant companies within the DCBN that I would recommend they go and work for. But are you the same? Yeah. I mean, you've obviously got a very clear demographic. You know exactly the team member you're after. And that's that's what you should have, your target market. We um, only allow them to work a minimum of three days, not four days. Um, and probably for the same, we want them to commit to the business. So for us, three days is the minimum. And also, there's, for me, there's a physical fitness thing sometimes. If they don't work more than, if they only work two days a week, we've done it in the past, they never get physically fit enough. And so they're actually the two days that they do, they're exhausted because they're never getting up to speed and, you know, gym body when you're a cleaner for three or four days a week. You know, it really makes a difference. It does. And I think the other thing is, like, say something goes a little bit wrong. So there's, you know, a quality issue, one of theirs, where they might not be in for another five days. And you go, well, do I phone them up? Whereas most of our staff, we would talk to them. It's a little bit informal um, and they're never properly integrated into the team. And the other thing is it becomes quite a disposable job. For me, if you're working one or two days a week, you are not tied in. You know, you you can go off. You can replace that job quite easily. So I want people that are committed yeah, yeah the commitment is, is a big thing, I think. And it, it needs to, it's not it's not usually, even on four days a week, it's not usually the sole income of the family, but it should be a significant part, shouldn't it, in order yeah. to get that commitment. And on one day a week, why would they not leave me for one of my customers? Why would they not go and work direct? What, yeah. what could I possibly offer them that they can't do getting direct? Whereas, you know, if you're working for me doing 20 hours a week, well, you can go and work for the customer doing five hours, but that's going to hurt. Mm. Yeah, very true. So what's your favourite thing that's happened this week before we finish? Um, favourite thing? I It's probably unbusiness related. I've had a lovely, last night I went for a lovely dinner with my friends. It was the last day of term for us. Well, school kids term. It was the end of the year. We all went out for dinner and um, where I live in Sale, they redeveloped the area and we ended up bumping into loads of other mums and I like it you know it's a real community atmosphere and I'm, I'm really liking the town community atmosphere at the moment but that is not business is it well the best thing in the business uh taking on a member of staff doing the training and on day one she was up to speed it was perfect I went checking and I'd say you don't need me to clean with you then yes <laughs> that was my probably the best part about my day uh yeah I mean to be fair my business is we don't get the ups and downs. It's pretty stable. Um, good things happen, bad things happen. Yeah, it's that's hard, our job isn't it? as business owners. <laughs> to, you know, we ride the challenges, I suppose. And, and yeah, it, it's, it's it feels steadier away. Is that not really because you're kind of used to it? You know, one of our team members, their exhaust fell off their car today. Somebody else forgot their vacuum cleaner. It's just kind of normal. It's not. Yeah, I don't I don't have the levels of emotion about it. Yeah, they, these things happen day in, day out. Like 
I guess, like I was talking to a member of staff today and she, I sat down with her and I said, look, are you all right? Because she's been continuously ill on and off work. And I've given her more, what are they called? Supports, like a wrist support, knee support. We hand them out uh, like sweeties in the business sometimes. And I said, you know, what's wrong? And she's like, don't sack me. I was like, I'm going to sack you. You know, I'm worried about you. What's wrong? And um, we had a really honest chat. And what I find quite hard sometimes is other people feel a lot more emotional about our chats than maybe I do. Do you find that <laughs> like it mattered to her a lot more than me? I'm like, just like, I don't want to sack you. I want to keep you in. Like, what can I do to keep you in? But yeah, I suppose, you know, it's just, it's just our role really, isn't it? That we've got to be the steady, stable ones in the business sometimes. And that has, to, we have to take the emotion out of it. Otherwise we wouldn't be the stable, steady ones in the business. So maybe yeah. it's that. maybe it's, you know, that's how we've evolved by being cleaning business owners or any kind of business owner is that's your job to be the stable one and look yeah, after I mean, to a certain extent but not not in a nurturing way so much as a just you need to give them security I suppose I guess there's not a lot of problems we haven't faced so every problem is a system it's like oh you lost a key or oh you did this oh you did that well this is what we do because I faced it 20 times before not with keys that I don't have them. but anyway um things happen um someone calls in sick someone books holiday wrong someone does this someone does that you know you just go it's annoying at the time and you have 20 minutes of utter frustration where you want to kill someone and then it's like oh come on there's nothing I can do let's just get over it I don't yeah what do you say? My favorite thing, though, actually, my favorite thing this week has been the, the lunch that we had on Saturday. Um, a couple of my team I've never met before, so it was really nice to meet them, but also a couple of our commercial team, so our office cleaning team who don't see the domestic team at all. They work completely different hours. They came along, and so that was really nice too. And one of our, we have two male cleaners in the business, and one of them very, very bravely came along um, to the lunch. So again, it was really nice to, to meet him. And yeah, I just really liked that. And it's, it's the first time we've had any kind of get together since pre-COVID. So our last proper team event would have been in January 2020, which was kind of our Christmas due for 2019. And we've not been able to do anything since then because of COVID. So and actually we were chatting with the team and they were saying actually they like this let's do this this more often rather than maybe having a big event at Christmas so you know just yeah just more informal so maybe every few months just have a, a little lunch rather than a big night out if that makes sense do you know what we did for our staff recently so like you um like around Christmas time it was impossible you, you couldn't book something because it might get cancelled so we um we've got quite a large office so in their sort of comfort they, they sit and they all meet um, and we sorted out the whole room and we ordered pizzas and we've got a training tv just behind me actually but you can't see it because I've got a fake background on clearly not on a beach um and uh, we let them have karaoke it got really messy I gave them unlimited alcohol because obviously Prosecco is really cheap when you buy it from the um supermarket it's so safe in the office isn't it it's safe they had a great time and like I don't know how your Christmas parties go but mine have on occasion ended up early. <laughs> yeah, I leave early for exactly this. But it ends up messy arguments, fights. I can't get a taxi. You know, someone fancied someone else's boyfriend, or someone said this. Um, whereas if we keep them in the office, arguments don't happen. They don't argue with each other generally. It's when external people get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be that you know we might do something, but I, I think we'll every few months I'll just take them to lunch. And you know, the reality is not all of them can make it. So I actually think in terms of cost, it will work out probably better than doing something big and yeah it's less risky um from a, a behavioral point of view 
<laughs> do you know one of the other things that we did? One of the other, one of the other things I, I did, uh, and we did it for about three consecutive years, but stopped it because of COVID. Um, around near us in Heaton Park, they do a big inflatable obstacle course. I didn't want to do one of these muddy ones. I'm not really into mud, uh, but a big inflatable obstacle course. It was 5K. And um, so we booked that. And I think there's about 10 people. No, not everyone did it. And that's fine. Uh, about 10 people did it. And we did like six training sessions on like a Tuesday night before that. So they were loving that. So there was bonding and I took them and I ran... Um, okay I do this anyway but I ran training sessions and I got them playing on the kids equipment at the park and they were loving it and that was really good team bonding so I can uh, see you doing that Diane on a big bouncy castle bouncy wall bomb in the air <laughs> I've gone too far again haven't I <laughs> sorry Diane so that's the DCN team building event is it <laughs> oh, it should be I'm so dragging you and Lucy let's do a bit of tough mudder shall we do you fancy a bit of no, <laughs> 13 miles I'll, I'll wait in the bar okay yeah <laughs> I think Start. on that note <laughs> should we end it how's your week been okay let's move on from that thanks Diane lovely session as always see you on the next one bye